0: I still
1: don't know the words to this song. One day I am going to learn. I know my one word. And and it's funny. Meg, people actually like you singing, Meg.
2: (laughs) She's not singing. (laughs) I am singing. This is the voice the Lord gave
1: me. You love me, (laughs) Welcome to the after show for preachers of LA. This is a very special day because not only is it the season finale, yes, yes, but yes. we have a very special very guest special. in the building. It is our favorite pastor our on the favorite. show. I say, Mr. Jay Hazlip. How are you?
3: Hi. I'm doing great. Wonderful to be with you ladies.
1: We're so glad to have Thank you. you yeah. so we much. are so Thank you. thankful to have you. And I know Thanksgiving is soon and you just did a, a Thanksgiving sermon and you rushed over here thank you so yes. much yes. for being on the show
3: oh it's an honor i appreciate you guys just uh what you're doing and getting to be a part of this tonight yeah so you, listen i am a pastor so you guys are going to have to
2: behave. I will we did not to.
1: promise that.
2: Yeah. So, no, we will. We Just definitely we will. We'll be good.
1: Now, speaking of Thanksgiving, what are you thankful for? We'll open up with the show with that. Yes.
3: You know, the, some of the things that I'm, th- I could sit here and go on and on all day. But, you know, I haven't forgotten where God brought me from. I still remember what my life used to be like. You know, I didn't grow up in the church, you know, so I didn't grow up. Unfortunately, I grew up, you know, I was heavily involved in partying. I was heavily involved in drugs. For 12 years, I did cocaine. Cocaine robbed me of everything that meant anything to me. And it just took me to a place where just being this major drug addict where I was so miserable, unhappy, and to have Jesus step into my life and change me and set me free, that in itself, if God never did one other thing for me other than that, I couldn't help but to be thankful for the rest of my life
1: praise right. the lord i oh. shout. feel it already to shut up in here! The, the anointing is
2: alive. <laughs> i have a question about that so i was reading um on your church the sanctuary of huntington beach i was reading on your church's website that you basically you know after your i guess as you were going through your your drug stage of your life right. you came across somebody who told you about jesus yeah was it like a a Saul-Paul conversion where you like immediately like I love God I'm now totally wasn't it really it was wow. a Damascus
3: Road experience wow. what the Bible refers to as Saul when he was on the Damascus Road he was actually going to persecute Christians I was going to buy drugs the presence of wow. God came down on Saul just radically changed his life and that's what happened that night when that man led me to Jesus you know God just so touched me I desperately had cried out to God probably a couple of weeks before that I'd come out of a treatment center where I'd voluntarily placed myself in there, 30-day treatment center, came out and went out partying all weekend long and doing coke, came home on a Sunday morning, sat on the edge of my bed, and I just broke and started crying because sitting on the edge of my bed, you know, being up for a couple of days, it was like all of a sudden the scales fell off my eyes, and I saw and I realized what I was doing to my wife, to my son, uh, to people that were connected to me, loved me, and cared about me. And in that moment, just sitting there, I just broke and just started crying. And I begged God, I said, if you're real, please help me. And um, and I know that God heard that prayer. And a few Friday nights later, that's why God put that man in my path. that shared Jesus with me.
2: Wow. Do you have you come across that man again, or was it one of those one of those this random people no, that he is, your path?
3: He is still one of my best friends today. Really, he, oh, he literally right. became like my spiritual father. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, when this guy led me to Jesus, had he known what he was fully getting into, right? He, he might have debated because <laughs> <him. laughs> I was of maintenance in the beginning.
1: You know, yeah. I was going to ask you that too. You minister to so many people. Who ministers to you? Who yeah. helps you?
3: Well, I, you know, I do have uh, a certain uh, I got a handful of guys that I'm in personal relationship with, you know, particularly like the gentleman who led me to Jesus. He's like my spiritual dad. I have a pastor as well. I think that's very important that even as a pastor, we need to have a pastor. Right. And so I have a pastor. He's been my pastor for just about my entire Christian life. And uh, matter of fact, he's going to be at my church preaching in a couple of weeks. And uh, he's a, he's he's on up there in age now. But then I have a couple other guys that are in ministry that are on my board. And some of those guys, I have given them permission because I really trust them. You know, I trust them enough to lay my life down and put my life in their hands. And I let those guys, I trust those guys enough to where I've given them permission to say no. No, right. you don't need to do that, Jay. Oh,
1: well, right.
3: and, and take it. And I will take it as long as it's not unbiblical. Right. And these guys aren't going to do that.
1: I respect that so much. Right. I feel like there's not enough men out there who have other men that can hold them accountable, who can, you know, help them walk the right path. So to see you in a position where you lead other people and still you have men around you that help lead you. I, yeah. think, that's, yeah. I think that's amazing. And
3: then, you know, even at my church, you know, we have... There's a total of eight pastors on staff. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're the elders as well, Uh, even though I'm the lead pastor and we're a pastor-led church. But I'm in a great relationship with those guys. Uh, Some of them are really, you know, real close friends. And so, you know, we we just have this relationship where, because of the nature of our relationship, there's built-in accountability. You know, it's not, even though there's that official relationship there, where we hold each other accountable, right? It's really more organic. Yeah, you know, it's like, okay, we're 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 spiritual homies.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so, you know, we hold each other accountable. I'm in
1: starting. A, oh God, I'm sorry.
3: In, in a good way, you know what I mean. We hold each other accountable. Yeah. in a good way, and we trust each other.
1: I'm starting to see on the show that you guys are holding each other accountable right. as well. Sometimes we'll see Gibson jump in and say, hey, Dietrich, you know, or hey, hey, Jones, you need to marry that woman. And it's nice to see that you guys are, are you know, you have your own thing going on, but you're helping each other as well.
3: Well, you get this many, uh, you get this many pastors, to, you know, these are all alpha male pastors. Yeah. You know very, what I mean? very alpha we're all, male. <laughs> we're all used to being, you know, the one, number one guy in our world. And now you put us all together so none of, they're all strongly opinionated. Right. Everybody's going to tell you what they think, even if you don't ask them.
4: What has this whole experience been like for you? You're very, you very have a public life already. So now to be on the TV screen as well with these people that you're kind of just meeting and forming relationships with, I mean, what's the process been like for you?
3: Well, well, I've, you know, being in the media isn't anything that's necessarily new to me because I, you know, I was a professional skateboarder for years on the cover of magazines and you know, videos and things like that, and then I was on another TV show in oh eight and oh nine, and so, but for def- your skateboard
1: ministry, skateboard, yeah. yes cool.
3: And uh, it was me and two other pro skaters. But being on this show is different than any experience I've ever had. Well, for for one, when I was a skateboarder, I wasn't a Christian, mm-hmm. so you know, people celebrated my life of partying and stuff. That was part of my image, you know, but. Now that I'm a preacher on oxygen, this isn't the Christian church channel. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it just, there's a whole nother dynamic to it. And for example, you know, just coming here tonight, we stopped at in and out Burger as I left church here, coming here. Did they recognize you? There's a guy in (laughs) in and out Burger who recognized (laughs) me, you know. He's like, hey, master! Awesome.
1: Did you get free food? No, he uh, didn't work there. He was going to eat too. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's
2: Is, awesome. It, when you watch the show, what do you say when you see yourself? Are you like, uh, does it make you cringe? Do you do you see? Was there ever anything that you were like, I wish I didn't do that, or do you think, Oh my goodness, my hair looks out of place <laughs> <laughs> whatever. That's not possible.
3: <laughs> like, I should have done a better dye job. Uh, <laughs> no. no, the uh, you know when uh, it seems it's really surreal right now. You know, even though I'm watching it, you know, and I'm definitely experiencing everything that's going on with it, uh, but it still seems surreal. It doesn't... then you know, I realize the bigness of what's happening. You know, it's the number one show on oxygen, and uh, just millions of people are watching it. Uh, and I know all that, but it, when I go home at night, I'm sitting there, it I don't feel any different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just... Yeah.
2: I'm is still, a, is there anything me. that you wish you didn't do or you did differently when you watched this show?
3: Um anything that well I mean obviously if I was the producer <laughs> and uh I would create different maybe different storylines at times.
2: Okay.
0: Uh-huh.
3: And I you know there've been times where uh I've, I felt like that our storyline could have played out a little better. Okay. And or You know we filmed we filmed a a massive amount of stuff right and I'm like we filmed for days and that stuff's not even in there (laughs) right you know where's all that stuff
2: right
4: I was you know watching it I kind of get that too like we don't see a (coughs) whole lot of your personal life whereas with Dietrich I feel like we're all up in his business all the time yeah and then you kind of come off as a little bit more reserved and even your kids you've kind of is that like a conscious choice of yours to keep them out of the filming
3: no, well, not my daughter. My my boys. one, well, my oldest son. He he lives out of state now, and then my other son. He doesn't want to be in the show at the moment, uh-huh. and because uh, his personality, he's just he's just a quiet person anyway. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my daughter, she's cool with being on it, and so she's you've seen little glimpses of her on there. And uh, is that Paris? Paris,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. She's so pretty, by the way.
2: I have She's a awesome. Daughter.
1: I have a question about one of your um children's names. I was, you know, researching and their name is Newt Godfrey, is that correct? Yeah, that's my oldest. How did you come up with that name? Well actually uh, I'm his stepdad.
3: He's been with me oh, okay. since he was two years old. Oh nice. And so, you know, I didn't have anything to do with naming oh. him. That's why I, The last name's different
1: than my name. Oh, okay. I thought maybe it was just like, I don't know. It's a God in it. So I figured there there was a reason why it was named. uh, He was named God. God has
2: shut him free. (laughs) Yes. And so I do have a question about um, was there anything before the show started that you talked with your wife about and said, you know what? These are things that. Before we decide to do this show, these are things that we need to resolve. Or these are things that we need to make sure we show, show more of. Is there was there any conversation like that before the show started?
3: Well, you know, Christy and I, when we talked about, for one, she had more reservation about it than I did. There were there were a couple of things that really affirmed to me that this is what we were supposed to do. I really believed in my heart. Number one. God wanted us to do this. Mm-hmm. If I didn't believe in my heart, God wanted us to do this. You could offer me a million dollars. And I would say no, because pleasing God is way more important to me than anything else. And so number one, I felt like that, but then, you know, Christy, she had reservation. Cause you know, when you think about, you know, I know they don't officially call uh, preachers of LA, a uh, reality show. It's called docu-series, but in, in essence, it's a reality show. Right. And, uh, you don't typically think positive things when you think reality show yeah and so when presented with the idea she's like are you crazy <laughs> you know we're not i mean for one how are they going to edit us what are they going to make us look like mm-hmm. you know i don't want to look crazy i don't want them to make us look crazy
2: mm-hmm.
3: and um so you know we just do through, through conversation for one she thought why do they even want us? We're boring. Why would they want us <laughs> on there? I'm like, baby, you are not boring. Not at all. You're like a fire, uh, uh, hot firecracker, <laughs> you know?
1: Yes. One thing we notice about you and Christy, you guys. <laughs> have this passionate relationship. And even after, I think you said 26 years of marriage. 26, yeah. And even in this episode, we see you surprise her with flowers. And, you know, you step out of your comfort zone and you do the tango with her. Tell us about your love story because we don't hear much of it. How did you guys meet? Um, How how did you (coughs) romance her? How did you get the beautiful Christy?
3: Well, uh, I met Christy because, you know, I was was out here as a skateboarder. And I left California just because I was just a broken person, you know, the wheels were still spinning, but inside I was broken. Mm -hmm. I was living in Hollywood, living the full Hollywood life. And, um, and I thought, I I just got to get away from everybody. I'm, I'm running with all the, my friends. I just got to get away from everybody. I'm going to go back to Alabama. I went to my grandparents' house and I would go there on a, you know, somewhat regular basis. And people knew me from when I was a kid there. So all these guys were like, uh, they said, hey, we're going to go see our friend from California. You want to go? She's like, oh, sure. So they came over, and her and I became friends. Mm -hmm. She actually set me up uh, on dates with her
4: girlfriends.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Funny is that. (laughs) And we became, our friendship kept growing and growing and growing until one day we realized, you know, this is more than friendship. We we actually like each other, mm-hmm. and so it it wasn't was never this like official. Hey, do you kind of want to go steady thing? <laughs> uh, even though there came a point in our relationship where we made that kind of commitment to each other.
1: Um, Bishop Noel Jones. Now he's a big talk on the show with his relationship with Loretta, and um, it's been said that they've been together for sixteen years. When do you feel is the right time to marry or what advice would you give to to young who are wanting to get married, who are dating? What When is the right time? How long did you date Christy before you decided she was the love of your life?
3: I think, you know, I think Christy and I probably dated a couple of years. I can't remember exactly uh, mm-hmm. how long, but yeah, probably a couple of years there. You know, Christy and I dated. There was a period where uh, we broke up because I came back to California. Moved back to Hollywood and um, and then I was all I would do was think about her. I'd, I'd go <laughs> I'd go home in the middle of the night, you know, and and I would be been up late. Now once again I wasn't a Christian then, so I'd come home super late from being out at the clubs and partying, and it's you know so it's probably five in the morning here, six in the morning here, you know, it's uh, it's like eight, yeah. or nine in the morning there. Mm-hmm. I'm like. I'm going to call her. She's waking up. I'm going to call her before I go to bed. You know? And, uh, so that's kind of, so then, then I went back. I just couldn't get her off my mind. And just in the middle of the night, one night, Mm -hmm. uh, I just jumped in the car with some guys and drove all the way across the United States. Wow. You know? And, um,
4: so that's That's kind of by the way that drive i'm from alabama too that drive is true love (laughs) my husband drove out here for me so i and like it took three days i think to to get all the way out here so people don't take that drive lightly (laughs) yeah
3: takes three days and two nights if you stop spending night we didn't we didn't i had a couple of guys with me we uh We drove all the way. We didn't
4: stop.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, you said you weren't a Christian at first. Um, You became a Christian. And then I think in an interview, you said that later on, um, Christy became a Christian. Um, What do you think is the male role Um, when you become a Christian, is it to lead the family? Um, did you feel like it was important to you to have her become a Christian as well? Um, yeah, I
3: mean, for one, I mean, as a, as a Christian, I really believe what the Bible teaches. I believe the teachings of the Bible. I believe in eternity. And if I love somebody, obviously I'm going to want that for them. And when you experience the goodness of God, when you experience the peace of God in your heart, the joy that comes from having a relationship with God, you're you're gonna want everybody else to have that, right. yeah. and so when I when Jesus came into my life, I really thought I tapped into like this ancient secret, and I thought <laughs> I thought it's like my leather jacket. I thought, man, if people could just put this on, they'd never want to give it back. Right. And so I wanted to tell everybody about it, and her included. And so at first, when I gave my life to the Lord, she was hesitant. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just was watching me because I'd been trying to change my life for a couple of years. You know, and so for once she had to experience the heartache and the pain of just living with somebody who was a drug addict. That's very hard. That's not easy. Mm-hmm. And so she had to deal with that on top of, you know, here I am for two years trying to change my life and dragging her through the process of every program, every counselor, everything I'm going to do. You know, uh, she's being drugged through all that. And so when I give my life to the Lord, she's like, is this just another thing? Is this just like another program? So she was real standoffish watching me. But then within a short period of time, she's like, wow, my husband, something's happened. Mm. He's either praying or reading his Bible. That's all he's doing. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So.
1: Love that. We are so excited to have you here. We're not even talking about the
3: episode.
4: (laughs) We want to
1: know all about you, but we do need to get to the episode. So we'll have you chime in on all the topics that we um, are going to discuss today and things that we got to see. We've seen a lot in this episode. We see Noel crawl back to Loretta, which uh, I thought was going to happen. I mean, 16 years of friendship. It's hard to separate those two. Chime in. What do you ladies and and Hazel, what do you think about um, you know their friendship? And did you think that they were going to be separated? for long
4: no I think anyone could have saw that coming they (laughs) definitely seem really cozy and cute so I can't wait for season 2 when we're walking them down the aisle Mm. early prediction
2: You I'm looking at you like this. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen.
3: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to light the fire under his feet and try to get
4: there that to go. happen. Like that didn't yeah. happen enough this season. Yes. I know. Yes. Yes. Hopefully
1: you'll officiate. I know. Hey, we'll, we'll see, see what, what happens. Everybody's
2: wedding.
3: I, I'd be willing to do that one.
1: Okay. Um, we I also- would, too. I would go get my
3: <laughs>
2: minister's license, so I could do that one. With- <laughs>
1: We also see, um, Bishop Gibson. He meets up with his sister, Sean, who he had helped get into a rehab program. And let me tell you, when she walked into right. the room, she was glowing. She looked chunky. He even said, you look like you gained some, but she looked good. Even right. her hair looked pretty, he said. Right. It was so nice to see. You see the change even in her eyes. Mm-hmm. What did you think <clears throat> when you see, um, Sean and her recovery? Did, did you have any memories of, you know, um, um, your your change and evolution that you yeah. came from.
3: Well, it really, I mean, it, it touched my heart. I have a special heart for, you know, people that are just going, especially when you look at somebody like that that many wow. years of drug addiction, a lot of people would view that as, you know, that, that person's just never going to be a productive member of society. Yeah. They're just going to be a casualty, a number, and a victim to drugs. And to see her life transformed, And to see her healthy and clean uh, with a smile on her face, it's just beautiful. Uh, To me, there's nothing more beautiful than that. I just I love that, that, you know?
1: There was something that she said that really touched my heart. And she said to her brother, you know, I never told you this for the last 28 years or however long, she said. But how come God... Doesn't change me the way he changed you. I pray and call out and cry to the same God. I don't want to be a drug addict right. anymore. Right. What and did What did you guys think of that? Yeah, yeah, she 30 said thirty eight years, years well. and,
2: and she and it, and it really hurt because mm-hmm. this is a question that happens to a lot of people, not even in just this situation. And she said, you know, why did he instantly do it for you, but he didn't do it for me? Mm-hmm. And I really, I, I'll have to commend Bishop Gibson for his answer because he did he he, said, he was honest. He said, I don't know. I, I don't know why God does what He does. But I know that, that that's your story, and it's only positive from here. So I, I really commend him for that. And, and I wanted to know what you thought about that, Pastor Hayslip, when somebody says to you, well, why did, they, why did you have a Damascus Road yes. experience and I didn't?
3: And, and I've had many people ask me that because I help so many people that are like that. And and, I, and my answer is typically the same. I don't know why everybody doesn't get it the same. But I do know this that God will set everybody free. It may uh, may not happen the same way. For me, it was an instantaneous thing. For some people, it's more of a process. But regardless, if you don't quit and don't quit, uh, you know, just trusting God and leaning on Him, you will get there. God will get you free. Sooner or later, you'll get free. The only people who don't get free are those when they fail, they just quit trying. Mm -hmm. You know, and they just need to get up and keep going after the Lord. And um, thankfully, it was a long time for her and praise God she's doing good. Right. She yeah. looks yeah. amazing. She does. And she
2: and you remember uh, when the episode aired when we were talking about um, when she actually went to rehab, and I don't know who said it, but the, you said something about her eyes mm-hmm. and how it oh, looked yeah. like I'm, she I had yeah, it, I, there was a darkness there, I guess, that comes yeah. with addiction that yeah. something about the eyes. Mm-hmm. Her eyes look totally different. This yeah. Episode. Oh, yeah, definitely. So you know, the glow came through.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I had um said in a previous episode that um, my brother in law, he was on drugs and it it was like he was a different person and I would look into his eyes and I'm just like this is not him and unfortunately he ended up committing suicide Mm. and it was just devastating but it's the eyes you can it's yeah. like the their soul is is lost and trapped so in this episode where you know we can see in our eyes and they look clear even Ron said it here yeah. eyes are clear it's just it's hopefully and i'll pray hopefully everybody prays for her we'll see her next season and and uh, hopefully she'll still be clean and i think and, she has
3: 5 months clean now i believe oh, wow oh. yeah
1: that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Wow. I love seeing the ministry in and, and these episodes. You right, see yeah. real ministry and we we've seen you with um the woman who was anorexic yeah. and um the the girl who then turned into a boy and these are all real topics and real issues. And all those are real. And, and you know what I want to say
2: I, I want to say thank you because I feel that a lot of the thing the way that you handle these situations A lot of Christians would kind of do the wrong thing. They Mm -hmm. would do what they think is religiously correct instead of what is spiritually correct. So I want to say thank you to you for truly representing what Jesus Christ did, which is to love people no matter what. So thank you. Well,
3: I really do love people. I really do care about people. And uh, in some of those situations, particularly one, uh, that would have been an easy thing to do the religious thing. Right, because if I did the religious thing, I just pull out the word of God and chop you up, and it's over. Right,
4: mm-hmm. you know,
3: and and I don't have to deal with you. Yeah, yeah, you know, but God wouldn't be pleased with that. That's a real person, and um, and so that's you know, grace isn't always easy. Grace can be messy, mm-hmm. you know, and because grace can be messy, you know, just living life doesn't and dealing with people uh, isn't always easy, and so it's just. Uh, it's just part of it. Right. Yeah.
2: And I th- and I feel like that's part of your ministry <laughs> when you said that you absolutely knew you had to do this show. I can see it as I watch these episodes mm-hmm. because you you show that you don't have to fit in the religious box for God to love you. <laughs> you get tattoos, you know, you're a former <laughs> drug addict, you, you love people <laughs> who had, you know, sex changes. You you love people no matter what. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's awesome because that reaches a segment of people who feel like no one loves them and God doesn't care for them.
3: Yeah. Uh, God doesn't love people any less because they sin. Right. You know, he doesn't love the saint any more than he loves the sinner. You know, God loves us unconditionally. He loves a gang member, a drug addict, a prostitute, a CEO, a dentist. He loves people unconditionally. And his love is just the same for everybody, regardless of what they're doing. And sometimes religious community, uh, when... When somebody says yes to Jesus or yes, I want to be a part of God or the church and they mess up, then the church world says we're going to withhold some of our love because they're afraid that if we still love unconditionally in somebody's failure, that somehow that's affirming them to do the wrong thing. And Jesus never quit loving people when they messed up and loving somebody when they messed up doesn't mean you messing up is okay it just means that my love's greater than your mistake
2: right you know you better preach that right? pastor <laughs> better preach on that
1: do you have any updates on um the people that you've ministered to and throughout this the season um how is the woman uh that was anorexic is she is she doing better is dj still going to your church
3: well, she actually did come to church. And so that was very beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was. You uh,
1: needed to edit that in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: She came to church, That's you awesome. know, and because uh, all of that really was organic. None of that was pre-planned. We were actually going to the park for Christian and I just to film a conversation. right? And she was there. And I did really what I would do, even if I was by myself and the cameras weren't there. And so I invited her to church. Because I really want her to come to church because I believe the church, the local church, is the hope of the world. And I believe every community should be able to go to church and find hope and solutions and answers to all life's problems. And so she came, and I didn't see her there because the church was packed full of people. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of our service, oftentimes we invite people to come down for prayer. And so they're all there, I'm standing in the altar, I'm praying for people, and all of a sudden somebody taps me on the shoulder, and I turn around and it's her. Oh, and I man. thought, how beautiful is this? Yes. yes. And, um, very, very beautiful. Yeah.
2: Awesome.
1: And you know what else is beautiful? You're tango dancing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Have you really never danced with your wife before that?
3: Unfortunately, I have to admit, you know, I wasn't a dancer. I I mean, I didn't view myself as like the cool guy in the corner. but, But I was just, you know, I didn't.
2: Well, you did pretty good. I mean, you stepped on your feet. Yeah. <laughs> but beside that, you, yeah. did, you did pretty good. I well, mean, I was yeah.
3: dancing in my Converse, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's the excuse. Yeah. That's what it was. I needed some leather soles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, back in the, I mean, there was a certain point where I would swing dance, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd have to get kind of loaded. <laughs> <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> uh, I love it. Now, um, I guess what took over this episode oh, was... Oh, no,
2: wait. I do have to say something about that. So your wife says that it takes forever for you to do your hair does it really it does not take it's
3: pretty
4: forever. perfect
3: it, is, it, very it perfect. is well it's it's a skill it's art it's really a, it's like it's a like art it's like you know it's like sculpting and, uh, but i've got it down to where i can do it quick
2: yeah what's quick
3: quick i can get my hair done in 15 10 minutes if it if it's longer if i don't have you know like if it's when it's longer, it takes longer to blow dry because mm-hmm. you have to blow dry. It. I can't just let my hair dry. Yeah. So you and, uh, blow
2: dry. What else do you do? Did you you do gel hair it, hairspray. Hair yeah. Well,
3: I put, I blow dry it, and then I have this uh, this pomade that I put in there that's uh, water dissolvable. dissolvable. Uh-huh. So because she doesn't like the murrays and stuff like that because it leaves a mess on the pillow. <laughs> so yeah, now I get yeah. the kind that when you take a shower, it really washes out.
1: But and
3: uh, so I put, you know, I blow dry it, then I put. Uh, hair product in it, and then I put a little hairspray on it, and bang! I think thank after this have.
1: season, you should start your own hair product line. You should. Oh I think I that think will so? be huge. Yeah, I'll yeah. be using your hairspray for this show. That's <laughs> right. For sure. yeah.
2: Well, your hair does look amazing. I keep looking at it like it doesn't move. It's thank you. Here. It's perfect.
4: I know, even with the headsets on. Right. Yeah. It's like perfect.
2: It's still worth it. I, I didn't check it out. I didn't look to see my sure. It's still
3: perfect.
1: It. I promise. <laughs> We've seen it look perfect as well throughout Dietrich's wedding when you were officiating. Now, during this wedding, we've seen so much happen. We see his dad um, pull him aside and kind of give him his blessing. And we know throughout these episodes that... If anybody was hard on Dietrich, it was definitely his dad. He yeah. was so hard on him, we know that he had him step down when he was um, preaching at his father's church because of the divorce. So now to see him give him his blessing on his new marriage, I think it was a great, great, right. uh, great thing to see. What did you guys think?
3: Well, I I definitely, you know, because Dietrich is trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And so if somebody's trying to do the right thing, he stepped down. It's been like a year and a half. You know, that's, that's a long time. Right. From going through his divorce to where he's at right now. And so over that period at least a year, well over like a year. Two years, two years, because yeah, right. his baby's two years old now, mm-hmm. right. you know. So, I mean, that's a long time to walk through a restoration process, to make yourself accountable mm-hmm. to other people. You know, two years is really longer than if you went to any other denomination, religious organization, and you had some type of moral failure, uh, typically a year at the max is what's going to be restoration that's a year is pretty typical of Mm -hmm. the restoration pathway and process unless you just do something that just absolutely permanently disqualifies you to be a minister Mm -hmm. you know and of course Dietrich hasn't done anything like that but of course he has had some pretty rough things happen and uh, so he's trying to do the right thing and I think his father just wanted to let him know that okay I approve you've you've walked out this process and so I'm just going to affirm you, and so to me it was a, it's a beautiful thing. You have to you have to give somebody a goal, like you know when you when you're used to being something or used to doing something. You know the the thing about being a preacher that's different than anything else. If he had been a banker, there'd been no that he wouldn't a banker wouldn't have lost his position, mm-hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, if you law if it had been an attorney, an attorney wouldn't have been disqualified from practicing law right. over the same mistakes. Right. And and I'm not trying to minimize the mistakes that Dietrich experience. Mm-hmm. But when you're a minister, you have to give somebody some type of hope of restoration. Mm-hmm. There has to be a goal that you're aiming for that. I can really get my life back. I can still be used by God. God. I'm not, I'm not cursed. You know, God's not going to forsake me. And to have him walk through that long restoration process and come to a point where his dad affirms him and you know I don't know all the details so I don't know why his dad was rough or wasn't rough or anything like that but Maybe Dietrich needed somebody to be a little rough with
4: him. We Mm -hmm. definitely had that conversation last week where just watching him interact with his dad, because Dietrich is normally in control of every situation Mm -hmm. that he's in. Mm -hmm. His dad kind of came in and (laughs) took the upper hand. Like, I'm the dad here, I'm the bishop, and what I say goes. Mm -hmm. And so we're kind of wondering, you know, is he being too hard on him? Would God punish him in this way? Like, trying to weigh out whether or not his father's actions and attitude were just. But I guess that you're saying that there is a necessary process that needs to happen in order to kind of get back right with God to minister well, to other well, people. Well, there's a
3: difference in restoration and being right with God. Okay. You know, as soon as Dietrich uh, realized, okay, I've I'm, I've sinned, I've done wrong, and Dietrich said, Jesus, forgive me. And, when he, and if he meant it from his heart, right then, bang, he's right with God. Mm-hmm. So restoration doesn't make him right with God. Restoration rebuilds trust. you know it when you when you're and when you're in public ministry like we are, when you make a public when you have a, a failure on that level in the eyes of people, trust has been broken right and so you have to do the necess, you have to walk down a pathway that repairs that and rebuilds that and that's that's not always easy regaining the trust of people. And so really restoration, you know, it's, it's, there's a couple of things that happen in restoration. One, it, it takes you down a pathway of somebody holding you accountable because you don't, if there's something going on in a person's life where they have now become extremely vulnerable to fall to certain things or prone to fall to certain things, you want to identify that. And you want to do whatever is necessary so that doesn't keep happening. Mm-hmm. Because the minister is a real person just like the people he ministers to. Right. Mm-hmm. And so God cares about the minister. God cares about the people. And God wants all of them to be healthy. Right. And so, you know, that's some of the things that happen.
2: Well, I have a question. Why were you hesitant when when Dietrich asked <clears throat> you if you could marry them? Well, for one, I was put on the spot. I had to just <laughs> like,
0: okay.
3: You know, I, I'm aware that I don't I don't stick my nose in people's business, yeah. Unless it's unless somebody invites me to do that, you know. So I'm I'm aware I've watched the TV have watched preachers of LA like everybody else, <laughs> you know. I'm like wow, what's going on, Dietrich? <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys up to? You know, uh, we have our friendship, you know, outside of the show. But once again, I don't I don't ask him personal questions, yeah. um, and so uh, in my mind, I'm evaluating. Okay, where's he at? Where are they? Um, and, and also, am I, What am I going to say here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Usually, I counsel with people. What, what kind of vows do you want? Yeah. What do you want this to look like? Right. You know, so I, I had to shoot from the hip.
4: Right. Well, you didn't break a sweat, so yes. <laughs>
3: Well, I have been doing this for a while.
4: Right.
2: <laughs> Where you, do you ever go, you know, what am I supposed to say at this point? Do you ever do that? Or is it Or
3: memorized? does God
2: flow through you and right. it just comes out?
3: Well, I'm the kind of God that, you know, I, I do my due diligence. I do study, and I try to do all the, all the behind-the-scenes preparation for whatever I'm going to do, whether it's preaching, weddings, or whatever. But I am the kind of God that, regardless of what I'm doing, I can be doing, if I'm preaching in a church or doing some other type of thing, I want God, even right now with you guys, I want the Lord to come through me and I want God to, you know, give me my thoughts, give me the words, all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm in what, in my kind of uh, church world, people would call like a prophetic preacher, you know? So the outline of my messages are kind of like in skeleton format. And while I'm preaching, I put the meat on the bones, you know? Probably 85% of what I say, uh, even though I've studied for hours, 85% of what I say when I preach was not pre planned.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. and, and I can tell because when you did that prayer for Dietrich and Dominique, I was in there like, I wanted to shout you. I wanted to raise my hands and say, Amen, hallelujah. Yes. Yeah.
1: I'll tell you, I will give it to you. For being the only white pastor on the show, you am hold the only it down. You, <laughs> <laughs> do you, I did do not
3: you, know that.
1: Do you, um, <laughs> do you feel uh, any difference, or do you feel maybe people treat you differently because you are the only white pastor on the show? Or are you white? What's your background? I shouldn't assume. Yeah, uh, <laughs> am I white?
3: <laughs> yeah, the. Uh, no, I mean I feel completely at home. Yes, I am an American. I'm a white American. I guess that's what you'd call me. Uh, the um, no, I don't. I don't feel any different at all. The cast members definitely don't treat me differently. And and in all honesty, when you watch the show, I don't. It doesn't seem like there's the awkward white guy. It definitely doesn't the, feel that way. There's you the joking right white in guy there. in there. <laughs> you know, uh, f- for one. A uh, lot, lot of the preachers that I like are, are, are black guys. You know, uh, some of the people that I have at my church that I love, they're preaching, and that's why I have them at my church, are black folks. I have these two black ladies that come to our church on somewhat of a regular basis that just preach the pain off the walls at our church. <laughs> I love them. I bring them in because they minister to me, yeah. and I want them to minister to everybody else. But, you know, there was a time uh, where... Years ago, I was the only white guy at an all-black church. And that church became more racially diverse. And uh, it was in the South then. And and it was beautiful. Because in the South back then, you might have some racially diverse churches. But typically, it was a white pastor. Mm -hmm. Right. But now here, I have a black pastor. And I'm a white guy. right? And so that spoke huge volumes in... uh, in the South, back back when that happened,
1: oh, I can tell you got the little soul uh-huh. in your pride. She's Very soulful. Uh, he, <laughs> yes, yes he, You know what's funny is that everybody talks about Bishop Gibson swag, and I'm like, do you not I see, know I do you, a swag. Swag. you I have a swag. It's
0: <laughs>
2: that Jesus swag you got
3: on. <laughs> oh yeah, we got a different kind of swag. I mean, <laughs> I mean, his his attire is dope. You know, he looks hip, and but he's definitely a different different kind. He's I an mean, OG. Different. Yeah, he's definitely he's an OG for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, He's like a redeemed pimp for yeah. Jesus.
2: <laughs> you're like the skater G. He's
3: like, yeah. oh, you got the skater yeah, G. I got, like. Yeah, I got the more street uh, street thing going. <laughs> All right.
1: Now, what is, um, I've never been to your church before, but we've gotten a couple glimpses on the show of the sign outside your church. What does it say?
3: It says, in gra- and let me just tell you the way that sign came about, because mm-hmm. I was always saying while I was preaching I would say, hey, you know, addicts are welcome, corrupt CEOs, gays, Buddhists, you know, backbiters, stoners, right. you know, all these things. I'd, li- I'd say all these, things. they are welcome here. Sinners, they're welcome here. And the people in my creative department says, we're going to make you s- some <laughs> a banner and all these things because you keep saying this. I said, well, if you do it, then I'll preach a message about it. Right. And sure enough, they made it. And so in the front of our church. Uh, there 's this gigantic sign that just says Hey, and then there 's this list of all these kind of different kinds of people that make up the culture of l a the culture that 's around our church mm-hmm. and then at the bottom it says Welcome you uh, know when we first put that sign up because there's it says gang members uh, all that stuff in there, and uh these condos next door, this lady called the city. You know, complained about it. Finally, she came, and she complained. She said, "She said they said gang members are welcome. We don't want gang members so here. They're
0: going to church." And I'm like,
3: "Our churches and the, there's two gangs in our neighborhood. Mm. You know, mm. uh, our church building's been hit with a drive-by bullet before."
2: Oh wow, oh, wow. 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 Well, I hope those gangsters come in and retrieve it and yeah. get a word from the Lord at the yeah. same time. Mm-hmm. We said we're going to come to your church. We wanna, yeah. We, we yeah. Well, you to don't worry.
3: We yeah, we, we've prayed over our property. It's supernatural.
1: <laughs> so we don't have to feel scared. We, go we, there. Yeah, okay. yeah, we have
3: transformed our community. <laughs> that's
2: amazing. Oh, I think that's and awesome. And if you would like to get transformed or if you really just like our after show, make sure you go to iTunes and subscribe to the Preachers of LA um, After Buzz show and give us five stars. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you think about Pastor Hayslip. He's amazing, isn't he? And make sure you tell your friends and family about it. It's really quick. It only takes two seconds. And we appreciate you
1: subscribing to our podcast. Now, what did you think about um, Dietrich's family? I can so see where he gets the dramatics from. Man. When I seen his sisters and his brothers, and I was just like, Okay, he's not the only one in the bunch. They are characters. They are all characters. of them. They were
4: so over the top,
1: though. But I'll tell you this: when I went home for my brother's wedding, I had found out that my sister got married and, and didn't tell me, and I felt just like his sister. You shut you me <laughs> out. You shut me <laughs> out, <laughs> though, tell for real. <laughs> they're <laughs> very, they're very emotional
2: people. Yes, yes they are. Yeah, they,
3: very, very emotional. I mean, I,
2: I mean, I did think it was over the top, but I understand, especially because number one he shut she felt shut out you didn't tell me about your only baby and then on top of that Then he says, Oh, we eloped. And now she's really losing her life. You didn't tell me that either. What else are you keeping from me? And
1: then they had another surprise during the wedding. And I will say, this is the prediction that I have been saying from the beginning. I have been on bump watch. Bump watch?
3: What is bump watch? Baby
1: baby baby bump watch. Bump watch. Every day, every (laughs) every episode, we would go, Did you see her in that
2: shirt? She was covering her stomach. You (laughs) could kind of see a little bump there. And then we'd say, Oh, you can't see it in this shirt. And then, you know, so we were always looking. But yes, I will give you that. You did, you we were did on bump that. watch. I didn't know if you meant
3: like <laughs> bump <laughs> watch. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: No, baby bump watch. Yeah. And we see Dietrich and his wife sit down with the family and say, hey, you know, um, baby number two's on the way. And it was funny because Faye was like, I knew it. You kept it from me. I knew it. I called it. So it was just, mm-hmm. it was nice to see it all finally come together. I feel like. This is it. It's finally all on the floor. Dietrich, please don't tell us anything else. <laughs> this is all we could take. Well, you know, I, I, think, I think
3: everything's
4: been cleaned out now. I don't know. On the table. I don't know. And every time he gets ready to make another announcement, his mom gets immediately nervous. And right. I'm like to the point, too, because he, he has a lot of stuff going on all the time. And right. just watching the episode, like we knew somebody's going to get pissed off because they're hiding so much stuff right. the whole time. But the ending, I was a little disappointed. And how it ended. Really? Only because they showed us these previews of a very explosive blow-up <laughs> between Dominique and her mother. Uh, and we didn't get that. Everything was kind of hunky-dory. I mean, but thinking
2: about it. What can you really say? At this point, they're married. What are you going to say? Like, Well, you can't say anything. Put the baby back. God take the ba- Like, what are you going to do? At you, this point, they're married. Come you on. can't say
4: anything. However, there was a lot said, and we didn't get to see that. I, I didn't sure. even catch that. You didn't see that? Where she was, was like, you withhold... Yeah. What the hell, The truth I thought, it, I thought it was Dietrich's... Um, no, sister. that was Miss Faye. That was honey. Miss Faye. She was, pissed off about i assume the pregnancy and it was a blow-up that happened that we didn't get to see it which you know happy ending is is still all good with me too so
1: I needed this. I needed this happy ending for closure as a fan. I was like, okay, everything is hopefully out. Everything's at rest. I'm excited. Is there going to be a season two, Mister Hazelup? Is there, I don't know. <laughs> Would you be a part? <laughs> of Would you guys on? like to have a season two? Yes. yes. We need gonna... more episodes. Yes. though. eight was not enough. Right. I know. I felt this sure. is hard
3: work. It is really hard. For one, all of us, you know, are full time pastors. Right. Uh, you know, we've. You know, I got two campuses. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. both of our campuses are growing like crazy. And I've got a wonderful team of people that help, and they understand what I'm doing, and they realize the importance of empowering me to do this. So to do another season, um, I'm not saying I wouldn't, because um, I probably would do it, uh, as, long as, as long as all of the conditions are still right. right. You Because know, I'm, I'm not interested in doing something uh, if the conditions aren't right.
2: Yeah. Right. No, so. Yeah, you gotta do it I, again because you're my yes. favorite pastor. We need show. you. We, we need you, you on there. Uh, I have a question though, about well, this wedding. If if, um, if if for
3: some reason we don't do a season two, I'll come up here and hang out with you guys. <gasps> Yay you'll
1: be our fourth, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fourth co-host. Yeah, fourth co-host. You can, you host. can preach yeah. a, preach to us at the same time. Yeah. We, yes, we like we we this. We need this. Yeah. Great.
2: <laughs> so I have a question during this wedding, as we're watching. And you pronounce Dominic and Dietrich, man and wife. They suck face like crazy. We but all we're thinking as standing man and you're standing there, you are like, Drool. whoa! They just
3: licked
2: each
1: other's Sucking face. I, I
3: tried to step out of line of pictures. <laughs> 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 let me just step to the right. That you
1: know? that just means you did a great job officiating. Yeah, they yeah. were so passionate about each other. By great. the time you ended, they yeah. just kind of let it all out. Yeah,
3: I guess you know maybe uh, maybe I took too long in doing those <laughs> and The fire was burning. Uh. (laughs)
2: Did you know that they were pregnant uh, when you officiated? No, I didn't. Wow. Did that change your view after you found out? No,
3: because... that's what they need to do, right? Yeah, you know. At this point, yeah. Yes. yeah, I mean, it's
2: not like that's a game changer. Yeah. Right. If yeah.
3: anything, it's like well, let's hurry up and do this. <laughs> right. You right. Know? Right.
2: What do you say about people who who have gotten pregnant and then they decide to have what they call a shotgun wedding? Is that something that you look down on, or are you like? That's
3: well, for one, you know they they did legally get married before True. True. before the Sarah, before we did it. You know, for all the family and friends and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they had already gotten married legally in the eyes
2: of God and government. Uh, but what was your question again? Oh, uh, as far as them, when people have shotgun weddings, what do you think yeah. about that, if they're, if they're pregnant?
1: Well, do you uh, think it's right, maybe I'll elaborate, but um, do you think it's right to get married just because you're pregnant? What no, if-
3: I, I'm not one of those guys that believe, okay, you guys got pregnant, you have to get married. I don't believe that. Because okay. I don't believe, because uh, sometimes uh, two wrongs can just wrongs, wrongs. Right? It's like, okay, you guys did, did this, not that the, a child is never wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Cause children are a blessing. And so you want to make sure you do everything that needs to be done to create a healthy, positive environment for the baby. Right. But that's, depending on the situation, it may not be right for somebody to get married. Maybe what may be most appropriate is okay. We're going to go our separate ways. But we're going to agree in how we're going to
2: parent this child. Oh, some of the Bible people just got really mad off of what you just said right now. <laughs>
3: no, well, I mean, okay, what if if, if some girl, her, her boyfriend's a drug addict, and they've been living a promiscuous life. She's pregnant. She gets right with God. He's out here crazy on drugs. I'm not going to tell her you got to marry him. and I'm right. not going to tell him you need to marry her. I'm going to tell her you don't need to marry him. Right. I Thank went, you for saying yes, that. Yes, yeah. I was. You.
1: I was reading on my Bible app. I'm doing some like um, devotional. I don't know what you call them on there, but um, and it says you have to get right with God first within yourself. Yeah. So I think, yeah, what you're saying, if you know he's addicted to drugs, and I believe the same thing, you shouldn't get married. Yeah. He needs to find God on his own, just like you did, and then you were able to bring Christy under your wing, and yeah. you guys were both to able to find God together. Right. So I have a question about marriage.
2: Is there is there a difference between a spiritual marriage and a legal marriage? Well, I I think I think the way that it, you need to do both, right? Yes, you need to be right in the eyes
3: of government law, and you need to be doing. You need to be it needs to be right in the eyes of God. So if somebody goes to the courthouse and gets married, they're married. God views them as married, but it's different when you get married by a minister. When a pastor marries you, there is a there's a there's literally a spiritual thing that can happen in that wedding and should happen um, in that wedding. And that's right. what you want because you want the blessing of
1: God to come on your marriage. Right. Yes. I love I love it when you're giving, uh, you know, your view on things. And we've seen one of your views on tattoos and you're very open about it. You, you believe, you know, having tattoos is not a problem as long as it's not paganism or worshiping yeah. another God. I have a question. Okay. So... Okay, it's okay to have tattoos, but how do you feel about, like, let's say, plastic surgery or enhancing or manipulating your body in other ways? Do
3: you know any good plastic surgeons?
1: (laughs) I do. (laughs) (laughs) But it it just made me wonder because, you know, when I was younger, I felt guilty for getting, you know, piercings. Listen, there's nothing in the
3: Bible that says don't get plastic surgery. I know because I've seen it happen where people will get real religious and zealous and they'll start pushing their personal convictions. Now, there's such there's a such thing as personal convictions where a person feels like for them to do something, it would be wrong and it would violate their relationship with God. Well, that's personal. Right. And you don't need to take your personal convictions and try to force them on somebody else. Yeah. So if a lady gets Botox, I have no problem with that. You know, obviously... Um, if somebody, because we've all seen these horror stories where people, they don't know when to quit. And mm-hmm. they definitely go way beyond what they needed to in getting plastic surgery. And they just start looking like a, a, a creature. They don't even look real right. like <laughs> like anymore. Like a cat. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> right. Because then the problem really is you've got you've got a problem inside your heart.
2: Exactly. There's
3: something going on inside that's broken and you're trying to fix it. By altering your appearance, but if you know if somebody gets a nose job or if somebody gets you know uh if they get botox, I have no problem with that God doesn't either.
2: You I know. think God sees the heart and yeah. the intention yeah. behind everything that you do versus... Yeah. You
1: know. All right, I'm going to call my plastic surgeon now. I feel I'm not guilty anymore. You though. know, I,
3: I, I heard an old-school preacher, and ladies, forgive me if this is offensive to you, but I heard an old-school preacher say one time, he said, if the bar needs paint, paint it. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: I am so offended by that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. that funny. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> Um, what else in the episode that stood out that we need to speak to? Oh, Faye. Faye was in Faye. rare form. And she had makeup on too. She, she had, had her rag
2: on. And she had that
1: wig off. <laughs> she and had some wine
2: swirling. She I did. just love Miss Faye. She's honest. And she really, you know, when Dominique tells her, you know, the Haddons want to get, be friends with you. Yeah. And she's just like, no, uh-uh. I'm not ready for that. Uh-uh. Nah. No. This mm-hmm. is my she's face. She's I got to invite you in. Yeah. I, I loved like, it. Have you, have you met Miss Faye? Uh, yes, I have. I have been, I love that lady. You know,
3: I don't know her real well, you know, but just watching the show, I'm like, uh, this lady is like, she has a character. She, is. she doesn't care what anybody thinks. She's not impressed by anything. <laughs> She's not trying to please anybody's agenda. Mm-hmm. She's just being herself and doing her thing. Mm-hmm. And yes. It's, She's a cool lady.
1: I she love is. seeing her squirm. Like when Dietrich tries to hug her or it's just get up me now. She reminds <laughs> me of um uh, Medea. Yeah. Yeah. She,
3: she I definitely... love it. Like the one part where she just you know, he's trying to he's trying to uh what, what do you call it when you sing to somebody? Not serenade, but kind of... Oh, she tries to hit him with a spatula? Mm-hmm. I'm going to hit you with a skillet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the skillet. Yeah, she that definitely
4: needs a spinoff. So yeah. Oxygen, if you're listening, I yes. we'd love to see more of Faye. I would love mm-hmm. to see Faye in love.
1: Ooh, Ooh, maybe that should wow. be the next show. Fade <laughs> love. Uh-oh. <Trying> fade <laughs> Finding think <down>. Fade Love. <laughs> yes. I like that. Uh, Alright, um, we are almost at the end. Um do you want to talk about news and gossip? News and yes. gossip.
0: After buzz. <laughs>
1: One thing I will say about News and Gossip, um, Pastor Cheney posted a picture of him with a tattoo. So <gasps> we've seen him not get a tattoo in the episode, but he did end up getting what? a tattoo. Yes, Good for did. him. Good yeah. for him. So I was um, like,
2: okay, go ahead. Look Cheney. at you, Pastor Hayeswip. I hope you didn't mess up
4: their
1: <laughs> <beard>. Yes. <laughs> <Your> influences.
2: Yes. <laughs> I'm I just bringing <laughs> Jesus back <laughs> sooner.
4: I,
1: I, thought, <laughs> I thought Maisha shut it down, but I guess we see who's in charge. I'm glad right. that that
4: he went ahead and got it. I, I see it as a form of artistic insp- expression, and so. Look
3: to her defense, she actually likes his tattoo. Oh, good. Uh, okay, she's okay. not getting a tattoo herself, so I don't <laughs> right. think I don't think we'll ever see that happen. But she's cool with his
2: tattoo. Okay, cool. Well, we also found out this week that there um is a potential issue with our other bishop Bishop Noel Jones. Um, this past weekend there were the 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 preachers of LA were in New York um, to do some press and word on the street is that Bishop Noel Jones was at a strip club allegedly Allegedly. So let's throw up these pictures so you can see for yourself. I haven't yourself, seen guys. them, so I cover my eyes. No no, oh, no, no, we need We need a third I was opinion scared. here, guys. Give me, give me two minutes. Okay. 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 Well, anyway, we'll, I'll talk about what happened until we get the pictures up. So what happened is apparently there is a strip club in New York, and I guess maybe he felt a little safer because you're not supposed to take pictures no there. No pictures allowed. Alleg- allegedly, there was a woman with him. They were in there, and one of the girls, I guess, who worked there noticed who he was. Took a picture of herself with him in the background. A selfie. A selfie, and um, as soon as, I guess she went over to him and said, Hey, aren't you Bishop Noel Jones? And she said within 45 seconds, he hightailed it out of there. He left so quickly that he left the girl in there that he was uh, uh, supposedly doing hookah and kissing. He left her in there, and she left shortly after him. She went back in because he made her go get his jacket. So I'm hoping it wasn't Bishop Jones. But when you see these pictures, you just have to judge for yourself.
4: And who knows what he was doing there. He I might have There are a lot of lost souls, I imagine, at the hey, strip club. That so is he could have very point. well been there <laughs> t- on a service project.
2: Yes. And what do you say about that? Uh, um, Pastor Hayes if, for example, like some places that are salacious because, you know, Jesus went to hang with people that he supposedly should not have been hanging with. Like, you know, bill collect. I mean, uh, yeah, tax collectors and and bill collectors, tax collectors <laughs> all the same. Thing. All the same yeah. thing. So what do you say about people that are like, well, I was in the strip club or I was in the club doing ministry. Yeah. Is that OK?
3: Well, this, uh, you know, I, this isn't in reference to what you're talking about here. Correct. But yes, we do have people in our church. That go in strip clubs, uh, but we do it, we have girls that go in there.
2: Right. You for know? that
4: reason, to minister? Yeah, we
3: have we have girls that will go there to reason, uh, to minister to them. Yes, mm-hmm. for that reason. Yeah.
4: So what about?
3: Well, they take them packages. They take them like these these packages. I don't know what they put them in there. They're like these little gift bags, mm-hmm. swag bags. So, will have lotion, just girly things in there to make them feel special. And, uh, and so they'll get them off to the side or whatever they do and, uh, you know, and let them know that they're loved and cared about and that there's a place for them and they're welcome. They wouldn't be, they wouldn't be looked down upon and stuff like that. You know, we have, we have people that come to our church who have done those things mm-hmm. and they've come to our church while they were doing those things as a way of, of making a living. Mm-hmm. And as a result of coming to our church, getting saved, they quit doing those things.
1: That's a blessing. I think that's so yeah. important. Right. I think that's, you know, kind of like how Gibson goes back to the hood, you know. I think it's yeah. important to go to those places where there are lost souls. Uh, mm-hmm. You know,
2: I'm not going to those places. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send somebody else. Right.
4: <laughs> Looks like we have those pictures. Yes. Wait, so so this a is the them.
2: woman, if you see in the bottom left corner, that is supposedly <laughs> Bishop Noel Jones. Right. <laughs> right. Which is, by
4: this picture, you can't really yeah, you tell, can't tell that it's him. It could be a lounge. There's a second one too, right? Well, you yes. can Joe. tell where the one uh, which is a signature right. mouth a signature mouth move uh, that he that, does I mean I, that looks like him I would say that I not
1: like him
3: I don't know if that's him or not because but for one but how do you know
2: that's the kind of place they're saying it is It could be a
1: lounge I, right. it could be I, right. a cafe We don't know
2: well this person cream pie apparently works there so yeah. that's why she said it was the strip club so, yeah, I mean, you got to judge for yourself, but hopefully that wasn't Bishop Noel Jones. And if he was there, let's just hope he was doing ministry.
1: Right. Yeah. We <laughs> don't know why.
2: Let's, let's hope he was. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Let's
2: see predictions for next season.
1: Because we do predict there will be a next season. Yes. So, predictions. Oh, oh, <laughs> we got like You're crazy right,
0: prediction music.
1: I predict
2: that there will be more of Pastor Hayflip and his wife. Mm -hmm. We'll get to see more about your family and more stuff that goes on behind the scenes outside of church for you. That what you want to see? I, I want to see you that's... do your
1: hair. We gotta. Oh yeah! I need to see what? the hair. I need
3: that's the like, hair. That's like the the most holy place. That's like the the high priest was only allowed to go in the most holy place by himself. Right.
4: <laughs> I need to see more dancing out of you two, too. too. Oh, so wait. I predict that we see more dancing. Uh, I predict the Dancing with the Stars. Oh my
1: gosh! Ooh, you guys out that there for Dancing tough. with the Stars? We're gonna get Hayes fun I predict we will get to see baby number two. Yes. I predict. Um, Now that Dietrich and his wife are married, I feel like we're going to see the growth of him and maybe coming back to preaching. Mm. Um, I feel that Jones probably will not get married, but I think um, either he is going to leave her or... yeah, I don't know. I don't uh, think well, well,
2: let's just hope <laughs> Bishop Jones, that wasn't you at the strip club. <laughs> if it is, probably indication of next season that <laughs> he's not going to marry Loretta. To I think
4: Loretta is probably very forgiving as she should be. So... I don't think that will break Lorette, them heart. Loretta, you better go, girl. You F- go somewhere years, else. Fifteen years, she's get, there to get show Get on, girl.
1: I want to see the teenies turn up. I want to see them, you know, maybe Maisha get a tattoo or, oh, you oh, know. Oh, my
2: God.
1: i <laughs> happy. I know Pastor
2: S. Es- Pastor Hayes have <laughs> last heartily. Yeah, that's not going to
4: happen. I want to see Christy release a clothing line. Her clothes are always so cute. Oh, yes. Cute. Her and fashion. Know, we,
3: we, uh, actually, she does want to start, like, you know, she always got these, like, kimono things yeah. that she wears. And we are talking about uh, starting a company, doing that for her. Nice. Look at the prediction awesome. on me. I know. <laughs> and, and just, you know, a little side note. You made fun a minute ago about hair product. Actually, we are considering that. I <gasps>
1: knew it! Oh, yeah. yes. I called it! That was my <laughs> You heard it here. I would
4: like to use some of that yes. by the way.
1: Send yep. so
2: over here. I will I'll hook use it. you ladies. And, uh,
4: and, and you're sure that it doesn't stain the pillows because that's important?
2: Yes.
3: Okay. Yes.
4: Because my husband leaves a residue <laughs> and it's not okay. Yes.
3: Well, I understand that. I used to use Murray's. Uh.
1: <laughs>
3: you are
4: black. You are
1: black. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Swag. So uh, much. Thank you so much, Pastor, for coming on the show. This means so much to us and our fans out there. Where can they find you online? Uh, You
3: can find me. I'm easy to find. You can just type my name in on Google. Go to my Twitter. Uh, It's just my full name. Twitter.com forward slash Jay Hazelup. Then I got a fan page Facebook thing. Mm -hmm. And that was really
1: you tweeting. I seen you trying to tweet out there, but you had so many tweets that it kind of froze and shut down.
3: Yes. uh, (laughs) Bumped me out. I wanted to Twitter while we're sitting here because I wanted people to... So jump in nice. here with us.
1: Well, okay. awesome, you guys out there. Make sure you keep coming back, AfterBuzz.com, AfterBuzzTV.com. We have a whole bunch of other aftershows, but if there is a season two, we promise we will be back here, and we're going to have Jay come back as well. Love yeah. Definitely. <laughs>
2: And as always, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at MegScoop, like Scoop of Ice Cream. And I'm going to miss you until next season, but I'll be praying for you. Praise the Lord. And <laughs> Tiffany here. You can find me at
4: LATransplant.com. And I'm going to miss you guys, too. I only had three episodes, but it's been
1: real. You're going to be on the whole season next time. absolutely. Yes. And I'm Fallon. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at FitWithFallon and also FitWithFallon.com. All your celebrity fitness news. You got to tell me your workout regimen because you are looking Aren't buff over fit? there.
3: Right. Yeah, a fit family you guys right. have. I do exercise.
1: You can you definitely do. tell. Yeah. You guys <laughs> out there, please return when we're back on air. Thanks so much for chiming in and watching us, and we will see you next season. Take care.
0: From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network.